Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 68. And we're going to take a look at holiday traditions, both old and new, when it comes to birds and bird feeding. Yeah, holiday traditions, you know, a little uh, nutrition meets tradition for the birds. (laughs) (laughs) How long were you thinking about that one? Uh, you know, uh, people tend to get stuffed during the holidays. You, know, you got Thanksgiving, and then you got all the December holidays happening, and you know, maybe put on a little weight. Uh, not so good for us, but actually not bad for the birds. There right? you go. There you go. <laughs> but lots of cool things about holiday traditions with the birds, and we want to bring some of those into play today so that everyone can enjoy what's going on with the birds and how you can be helping them and maybe even start a new tradition of your own. Well, it sounds like fun. So, and hopefully one of the traditions is listening to this podcast, right, Brian? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We appreciate that. All right. So stick around for the fun, everyone. Okay, Brian. Hey, welcome back. Been a while since you and I had a chance to touch base and uh, lots of things going on with the holidays and, and looking forward to... A great month of December and lots of things going on in the world of birds. So let's take a look at what's been happening around our places. Oh, man. I I just love the transition um, as you move from November into December. And you kind of get that winter's coming in. Uh, I really enjoy kind of that, for me, a tradition is watching for new birds that are Mm -hmm. showing up. So I bet you've got some juncos in your yard. I know. (laughs) I've I have got a mob of juncos. I really have a mob <laughs> of juncos. It's pretty cool. I love that. I love yeah. when the juncos show up because to me it's that whole, you know, nickname the snowbird. Yeah. Uh, uh, got that old name from kind of the the dark, the the, the slate colored junco. The, the leaden skies of winter. On yes. Their back. Yep. Yeah. With the little white snow snowy on, belly. <laughs> snowy belly. Snow on their belly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the quite, fact that some. Some people say that they show up when the, the true snowbirds who had the southern climates, uh, mm-hmm. about the time the juncos come back, that's a sign to those folks to get the heck out of Dodge and head that's south. Right. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, not quite as colorful as some of the uh, the western junco uh, species, yeah, right. subspecies, <laughs> mostly yeah. subspecies, but... Uh, uh, I love it when the juncos show up, and I know even you get out west, and you know they're going to drop out of the northerly elevations down into the lower elevations and hit more people's feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, but slate-colored junco, you know that dark gray bird with the white belly, is yeah. can be found pretty much across um, uh, U.S., Canada, North America. Um, I love watching them come in and just mm-hmm. to hear their little you know the other thing I love about them too is it's kind of a cool thing to look. You can tell the male from the female at first glance. You think, oh, they all look gray and right. white They're belly. All the and same. They are all the same, but the males are much much darker gray than the females. And a cool little thing is that the females come farther south. So you know when you're mm. when you're you know they 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 don't uh, the males don't like to get that far away from their breeding territory so they just go about as far south as they need to go and and hold up 
And things like, in, I think, what, Michigan? It's like 80% of the juncos in Michigan are male, but by the time you get down to the, the southern states, it's exactly the opposite. About 80% of the, the juncos in the southern states are female because they go much farther south than the males. So it's kind of neat to, to watch in your backyard and, and uh, see if you can tell the, the, the ratio, you know, how many mm-hmm. males to females and, and you know, learn to identify the difference between the two and, and take a look at that because it's, 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 it's kind of fun to watch. John, another really cool tradition that I like to uh, pay attention to are the sparrows that show up. And I know yeah. you've got sparrows in yeah. your yard already. Yeah, just had a white crown, or not white crown, white throated sparrow under my opera feeder. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Well, and I had white crown already come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love watching when the white crowns come through and look like a little bicycle or football helmet, white and black yeah. stripes. Yeah. But then yeah. the white throated, <laughs> pretty obvious, got a nice yeah. white throat. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could get the golden crown sparrow like they have out west that show up in wintertime. That'd be nice, yeah. Oh, nice little golden crown stripe on the head. Had one of those show up here for winter one year. That was in in Indiana. Did you really? Yeah, that was was a nice rarity. Not in my yard, but just like two miles down the road. Wow. Um, That was was pretty amazing. Yeah. I bet that got a lot of people uh, (laughs) out and about looking for that bird. You know, when you, you really start paying attention to those little LBJs, little brown jobbies, mm-hmm. all those little sparrows all seem to look alike until you really start paying attention to different color differences on them. Yeah. Well, so yeah. It, you just never quite know who's going to show up. That's it's why they say bird every attention. bird. Yeah. yeah. Bird every bird because you yep. never know. You never That's know. Right. But you know, that, bringing all this up, Brian, it really is it, one of the traditions, if you will, for me mm-hmm. this time of year is that, I don't know, the holidays are busy, but they also allow me to have a little more free time in a way. And so mm-hmm. it's really nice for me to be, I, I probably do more birding during the holiday times than I may do otherwise, because I just have that block of time where, you know, you're not working, you're not, you know, doing things. On, yeah, again, you got family commitments and things, but I, I find myself getting out and birding more during the holiday seasons than I probably typically would the rest of the month or even, you know, getting into January and that type of thing. So I always look forward to it. I always look forward to it. And I got my little haunts that I go to and I keep waiting for, you know, if we're not frozen up yet, which, you know, some years were frozen over by, by you know, Christmas and the holiday season there between Christmas and Thanksgiving or the, uh, New Year's. But, you know, some years, no, the water's mm-hmm. wide open and you can get some cool waterfowl and get in some waterfowl birding and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's really kind of a holiday tradition for me just to do a lot more birding than I might otherwise do. That's really cool. I know one of the things that I like to do holiday tradition-wise with the birds is, similar to you, I, I actually plan a little bit more bird watching, And it's nice to take that break. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. some people might say, well, isn't it colder then? Why would you go then? Well, it, it is. It's a nice little, you get to see more family. You get to take a little more time to take that break. Go watch the birds. See who's showing up. Because uh, like we're talking about, it's a transition time. Who's mm-hmm. shown up? Uh, who's moved on? Um, so really get to really enjoy waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and like you, waterfowl, I also like to go look for what kind of field birds or forest right. birds right. have shown up. Right. We've been talking about red-breasted nuthatches quite a bit. Um, and they, I think they're still eluding your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still skipping yeah. you, right? Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 
yeah. In Salt Andrea, I go up to we, my wife and I go uh, about every two weeks and, and babysit our granddaughter for a day, and and uh, I take care of their feeders. I you know feel them up and take care of them, and of course they have a red-breasted thatch that's just <laughs> constantly at the feeder, and I can't get one of my own feeders. It's like what. <laughs> well, you know, every year's a little different. You've had them yeah. some years, and I haven't. But, and <laughs> but boy, they're widespread. I'm, I mean, most people I, you know, run in my circle who feed birds have got red-breasted nuthatches coming, or at least they've had them. Mm-hmm. Whether they're still hanging around or not, I don't know, but a lot of them have had them. Yeah. So. Always paying attention. Just keep an eye out, keeping fresh food out for the birds, and you yep. never know. Who's yep. going to show up? Um, yeah. One of my one of my favorite traditions. Uh, we're talking about these little LBJs, the little brown jobbies, having the sparrows and the juncos. One of my traditions is to change my backyard bird feeding up a little bit. Yeah, and I yeah. always bring in more millet into my seed blend mix for winter time because uh, that works really well with my yard. And so that's how I'm able to uh, attract and then keep some of these smaller birds, these ground feeding birds, uh, because you get into juncos and sparrows and I know there are towhees. They, I don't get the towhees in winter time, but they love millet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be presented, whether it's, it falls down underneath a feeder or it's in a ground tray, kind of a feeder. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They love millet and they'll keep coming into that yeah. throughout the winter time. Yeah. And so that's one of my traditions of changing up the diet a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is, it's the, tradition of again juncos you know they love millet mm-hmm. and i don't always have a blend out that has millet in it uh but i'll definitely <laughs> this time of year i definitely have a blend whether it's one of our no mess blends that has millet in it and i definitely go to, to millet and goes into my hopper feeders some of it gets you know brushed onto the ground and then the juncos are ground feeders for the most part and they'll they'll be underneath the feeder picking up the millet or I, you know, this time of year, another thing I do with a lot of birds caching food, you know, the chickadees, mm-hmm. titmice, nuthatches, they're, they're grabbing a seed and hiding it somewhere, you know, in the yard or somewhere nearby. And I, you know, they like a lot of the, those birds like in the shell, uh, they'll, they'll do a no mess, no doubt about it, but they also seem to like the, in the shell. So, you know, I might change up this time of year and, and use one of like our deluxe blend that has in the shell. But it also has millet, so I'm doing double duty. I'm getting mm-hmm. the, the shells yeah. for my caching birds, and I'm getting the millet for my ground feeding birds, like the juncos and the white throated and white crowned sparrows might come in. So that's that's kind of a tradition, if you will, that I like you. I switch out the type <laughs> of foods that I'm feeding. There you go. Bird nutrition meets holiday traditions, right? <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that back in there. Didn't you? I did. I had to bring it back. <laughs> Well, one of the other cool things is, I mean, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention it's holiday gift giving time and why not give the gift of birds to people. And we have some really cool uh, seed cylinder characters uh, that are generally available uh, sometimes year round. um, But we always have some some fun ones during the holidays, like um, a lot of our stores will carry Preston the Penguin. (laughs) <laughs> or Buttons, the snowman. Um, yes, we like to name our seed cylinder characters. It's just fun, right? Um, we have but... contests in the office to come up with the names. <laughs> uh, 
But got to throw that out there because they're fun. They're easy. They make great gifts and they, they bring it. It's the nutrition in those cylinders that are the right kinds of foods, especially this time of year, like we're talking about, that the birds that are showing up to our feeders really enjoy. And are, they're looking for that kind of nutrition with yeah. the, the fats and proteins, especially yeah. the fats to help give them that fuel uh, to be able to stay warm through these longer winter nights. So, and you know, that, that, that bumps up to one of the other really, I think, important traditions. You know, the, the holidays is time for families to get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I know, my family, I have a large number of nieces and nephews who have their own children now. And when we get together over the holidays, uh, having those bird feeders filled up. And ready to go, and there's nothing cooler than having like a like a Preston the penguin or, or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know uh, buttons, buttons the snowman out there, you know. But you know, one of the things you do if you're really into this and you have relatives that come to your place every year, those kids look forward to seeing all those birds. You know, the woodpeckers coming in, and goodness, if you get a pileated come in, people just go, ah! you know, they're mm-hmm. just whoa, what is that? <laughs> Uh, and those kids get a big kick. So one of my traditions is to make sure that when before, you know, it's just, you know, you clean the house, you get the food ready, you get the gifts ready, and you get the feeders ready. You know, it's a tradition to get out mm-hmm. there and make sure all the feeders are full, that you've got the right stuff out there to attract the birds that are in the neighborhood at that time. And the kids just, it, it's a tradition for them, you know, to come over and watch the birds that are going and the activity going on in the backyard. So that's I think it's a very, very special thing for those of us who are avid bird feeders to mm-hmm. share that with our families and the next generation to, to watch them. And, and to, it's just a thrill to see those kids get into it and, and get excited about it. Well, and I think it's cool, too, not just the little kids, but the older kids. When I mean, like, grandparents or great-grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, quali- I qualify now. <laughs> It is. It is fun to be able to see that. Um, it reminds me of one of those, um, you think about different cultural traditions, too. And uh, one of those Scandinavian holiday traditions is when you get around Christmas time, turn of the year, providing a little feast for the birds, mm-hmm. putting bird food out on that front porch Christmas Day or the turn of the new year. Uh, they used to do that for bringing good luck into the next year and so putting some bird seed out and and hopefully the birds are going to come eat on that and bring you luck into the next year there you so go kind of there a cool go. little tradition yeah um, and i know our stores will give out little scandinavian seed bags has a little story on there with a little mm-hmm. bit of seed mm-hmm. on there share the love right yeah really that, really simple way to do it and that's a fun thing to have the kids do it let, mm-hmm. let the kids do it, you know, let yeah. them put the stuff out on the porch or, you know, help you fill the feeders or whatever it is that you do. But, you know, the, as the kids get older, that's the other thing I found. They, they want to help out. They want to go out and, you know, do something to help fill the feeders or, or you know, clean something or whatever it might be. It's, it's they, they want to actively participate, and, and mm-hmm. especially if it's a nice day outside. Um, we can have a lot of fun doing stuff in the backyard. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, and uh, thinking about another tradition, getting people involved, uh, you know, bring friends along or get kids or grandkids involved, watching the birds mm-hmm. and then marking that down. You know, yeah. Um, a tradition exactly. 
tradition that you and I have participated in. You got me involved in a number of years ago. Christmas bird count. Yeah. Yeah. What a neat tradition scenario to be able to go out, count the birds, and, and help for science and conservation. And you know that's I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because that's that you know what's cool about you know, you and I have been doing the the Christmas bird count here in Indianapolis for gosh, many, 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 many years. <laughs> many years. <laughs> and it's the same you know, we always get some a handful of new people every year, no question mm-hmm. about it. But it what's amazing is it it's a group of people that literally it's kind of that one time a year group. You know, you, you the only time everybody in this group gets together, you know, because Quite often we'll have a lunch after, or, you know, during the middle of the day or whatever, where we meet in one place and, and have lunch together and kind of compare our notes as to how the day's going and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is this is a group of people, a group of friends that, you know, for 25, whatever years it's been now, it's the one time of the year that this whole group gets together. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a cool tradition, you know, that's a very neat thing. And they're, they're. As loyal as they can be, every right. year these people are out there. Every single year they're out there doing their their area and counting the birds in their area. And it's just, I don't know, I just get a kick out of it. Oh, and I always love when we have new people show up. Yeah. Uh, and we have folks that show up that aren't really birders. Yeah. But they want to come help and they want to learn. And they're totally welcome to do that. But then we have others who are like hotshot birders that yeah. they just want to <laughs> help out. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. always love, it's the same weekend every year. And um, so I go to the exact same location. Yeah. And to have year after year after year of the memories of this year, we found this. This year, we didn't. <laughs> this year, we found that. This year, we didn't. You know, And it's really, really neat yeah. um, to have so many people come together and, well, and funny, help yeah, with it. Oh, it's funny, Brian, because you've been going to the, um, our local state park, Fort Harrison mm-hmm. State Park, and and uh, you kind of uh, the site person for that that count. And they have a naturalist; they have a staff naturalist, park naturalist, uh, interpretive naturalist on staff. And, and, and I think you've outlasted three of them now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're kind of providing the the continuity, if you will, and the yes. and the history, if you will, <laughs> and helping that new person. Like they've got a brand new person that you'll be yeah. you'll be working with this year. Yep. And, uh, and know, we have our regulars that show up, and we have new yeah. people that kind of rotate through. But yeah, yeah. It, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Christmas bird count has been going on for over 120 years Yeah, uh, in, yeah. in throughout North America. Um, and so for our listeners, um, it, we'll put links in the show notes about how can you try to find a Christmas bird count near you. But if you don't have that, mm-hmm. that's okay. You can still... Watch the birds, especially watch the birds with someone else, whether it's out your window watching the birds in your backyard during this month and then just entering into the Merlin app or onto eBird. Mm -hmm. And you know that watching the birds, bringing someone else along and then entering that data, that's going to help the birds with conservation. So everyone can help and you can start a a new tradition. It's a neat family thing. We we have Mm -hmm. a number of families that are, again, they've been around the, the count for many, many years. And, you know, it is a family gathering, you know, just right up close by me. The, the uh, sons played soccer and sports with my, my sons. Mm-hmm. And they come home. They're, they're all out adults now and working on their own and living elsewhere. But they come home for the holidays and they always come out to the Christmas bird count as a family and join us on the Christmas bird count. So it's it's a neat thing. It's a neat thing to share with your family. 
Oh, for sure. Well, I know one other tradition that would be really cool to share with everyone. Something that I've not yet done is, but I have done a, a, a similar concept, and that is you can plant a, plant a tree. So if you get a Christmas tree, you can get a live Christmas tree, have yeah. it in your house for, <laughs> for Christmas, and then plant that tree. So that's kind of a, a neat little thing to plant a tree for a bird. Yeah, I wish I honestly wish I, you know, I just, I've been in my house here 30 years this November. Mm-hmm. And and I just think, wow, if I had done that every year, can you imagine the the pine stand oh. that I would have? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's like uh, many, many years ago, because uh, they, they could be really big trees by now when you think about it. Uh, Right. Many years right. ago, up at up at, I, I worked in a state park in northern Indiana, and uh, we had a nature center, and uh, we did a complete native plant landscape around the nature center with lots of different native um, shrubs and trees and wildflowers. And one of the things we did was plant three or four white oaks, and they were probably five or six feet tall when we, mm-hmm. we planted. They were they were a good size oak. Uh, sorry, not white oaks. White pines, sorry. Uh, yes. White pines. <laughs> and they were, you know, they were good-sized white pines when we planted them. But now I go back, Brian, and those Ooh. things, they're, they're like 40, 45 feet tall. I think I think uh, white pines can grow 6 to 12 inches a year. And Sounds so, about right. You, yeah, you think about that, that kind of growth over a 40-year period. And, and mm-hmm. these things are, I go back and I just cannot believe. And I have to say, it feels really good to look at those trees and go, man, I planted those. That's, That's pretty neat. cool. Yeah, I love it. So I think what had to happen if I had started doing that in my own backyard 30 years ago? I wish right. I had. So, yeah. Well, I, it's a, that's an interesting, interesting idea. I, I did plant a white pine tree when mm-hmm. I was uh, somewhere teenage-ish years. And um, my parents had me come back and, and cut it down at one point. It had just gotten too big and it was too close yeah. to the house. And yeah. uh, to, to think, wow, man. Had that happen, but you mm-hmm. know, here our daughter, middle daughter, had a, a little white pine tree, and yeah. brought it home from school one day a number of years ago, and I want to plant this somewhere, so we planted it in the backyard, and it's still growing. And every once in a while, I look at it and go, "Oh yeah, that's kind of cool." Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I couldn't imagine thirty trees in my yard like that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I think I would just have the legacy, have... right? I, yeah, I don't, you know, it's, I, I need to look into it and see what, what are the trees that they're, you know, the, the used to call them bald and burlapped, you know, had the, the root mm-hmm. ball and you can buy them for the Christmas tree and then plant them outside. Um, but I don't know exactly what all species are available out there, but it, it, I'm sure any place that you're thinking about doing that, I would hope that they're, you know, local native type species that would work well in your backyard. Exactly. Always plant the native species whenever you possibly can. Exactly right. Well, any other great traditions that uh, we want to share and can think about? Uh, that about wraps it up for me. Yeah. I, again, I think that the whole thing, though, when you when you really think about all of this, it just for those of us who are in the birds and those of us who enjoy the hobby of backyard bird feeding, mm-hmm. it just adds a whole nother layer. It's just a whole additional layer of of i don't know excitement enjoyment joy whatever whatever you want to say 
But just mm-hmm. to have that element as part of the holidays, just it brings a whole lot of fun and, and anticipation yep. to, to what's what the holidays are all about. Trying to share it with friends and family. And yeah, hopefully everyone can be able to take some of these ideas for traditions mm-hmm. and either build on something you're already doing or maybe start something new and mm-hmm. help the birds while you're doing it and bring others along and have fun. <laughs> I just thought I want another thing. <laughs> and it has nothing to do in the sense of, do you have, what kind of ornaments did you, do you put on your tree? Cause uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know our tree is layered with all kinds of ornaments with birds, different, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, bluebirds and cardinals and chickadees and all kinds of stuff. They were they were, Those ornaments are all over our tree. And many of the ornaments are the type that you, you know, when you're traveling, which a lot of our travels are based on going to birding locations and, and hotspots, you know, places that we've never been to and want to see the birds that are in that area. And you, you quite often can find a little Christmas tree ornament from those locations. So we have a number of those on our trees. So even our even our Christmas tree is loaded with all kinds of bird-related traditions. It's it just dawned on me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, amazing how birds can just permeate our lives, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, Brian, but yeah. <laughs> hey, it brings us very, joy, and we can we can I, share that joy with I others, right? Personally, think it's very good. It gives you a whole yep. another dimension to life. It really does. It does, and that joy that's that's what the the season is all about. Being yep. able to. Enjoy that, have that joy, and share it with others. So on behalf of everyone at Wild Birds Unlimited, I want to thank everyone for joining us for this portion of Nature Centered, all about the holiday traditions, old and new. So please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and we want to let everybody know uh, we've been doing this podcast for about two and a half years, and and we've dropped a new episode every two weeks. Uh, But we're going to take a little break and uh, for the holidays, and to be able to do some traveling and some birding on our own. So unfortunately, we'll not have a podcast uh, until we see you in January, and we'll drop our next one in January. So appreciate everybody understanding, and uh, we hope to listen, uh, have you listen to us when we get back. But until then. Brian and I are going to continue to let nature be our guide. So please, take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you, visit wbu.com podcast. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.